welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. This is Father Mike. Since when are you so dull like that? <laughs> Tricked ya. This is Father Sean. Coming to you live. I I don't know about the t- it's the timing, dude. I could use a siesta around this time, and we're recording. I feel like low low energy. I have to do jumping jacks. That's How true. But Jack- you're normally the one who comes in and like ruffles everyone's feathers. I you're know. like, hey, everyone, it's Father Mike Rap. I know. Well, that's the thing. I'm trying to. I'm gonna try to bring it back. I've bring been, it back. I've been you're, tired. I think. You're Should causing I'm feedback f- on the fiddling. mic. I'm sorry, people. I'm fiddling with the microphone because I'd rather have a boom mic. Okay, what, so... Um, what's a boom mic? Boom mic has a, like a stick and a wand, and then you move it around. These are just gotcha. like standing. Um, how was your weekend? Weekend was, was pretty good. I had a funeral. I had a baptism. I had masses. I had uh, some meetings. So it was a full weekend. Do you do um, the chanted... Water blessing for the baptism? I don't know. I, don't I just speak it. I don't either. Sometimes I think it gets a little weird. Do you chant the whole mass? Didn't you tell me? I don't chant the whole mass. I chant the propers, the principal, the uh, presidential prayers. And that's. I think that's pretty much it. You don't do the Eucharistic prayer. Like, Goebel does the Eucharistic prayer. You know that? I did not know that. Yeah. I actually really want to. I just, there's, there's kind of a tension of like wanting to look more like my pastor so I think if my pastor were to do it, I would do it too. I see. But okay. I don't want to like draw more attention to myself away from my pastor. Okay. And just consistency in the parish. Exactly. So people get used to the prayer instead of distracted by, oh, that's interesting. But I will say Father Brian is not the best at chanting. True. <laughs> Especially the, um, the doxology. He's like, through him, with him, and in him, oh God Almighty Father. <laughs> so... That's probably the no, biggest noticeable difference is that you know Father Vito and I actually have the tone down. He, I was impressed. We did this wedding on. Uh, oh, that's right. You were at my parish Thursday? on Saturday. Was it Saturday? Yeah. Well, he had two. Weddings. No, it was Thursday. It was. Okay. Yeah. Shout out Zane and Gabrielle. That's Gabby. Right. They had their baptismal names included. Oh, Zane, cool. Joseph, and Marie Gabrielle. Yeah. So anyway, it was cool. And then what's up, Dana and your kids? Uh, it was good to see you over there. And what's up, Joe from the cathedral accountant? He, oh, wait, no, that's a whole different wedding. <laughs> that was from my girl, Rachel Trujillo from this cathedral. Anyhow, Father Brian did a great job chanting those prayers. And I feel like there's either some improvement or... I just appreciate it better. Time makes the heart grow fonder. That is true. Wait, you, is that right? Separation makes the heart distance. Grow, distance. Distance makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. Now it's good to. It was good to be back and good to pray with you, Father Brian. You are the man. Um. Well, no. How was your weekend? Speaking of, it was nice. You know, my here's here's a highlight. All the OGs were in town. Yeah. So, Father Chris Lebsock. He's hanging out with us the last couple of days, and he's just absolutely delightful. I He's in Helena, Montana, so I don't get to see him much, and it was really fun to hang, you know? Yeah, he's, he's a good man. He was in for the Catholic Medical Association conference. Oh, cool. He's a doctor, medical doctor as well. Yep, he's a medical doctor. And then you had another guy who's an ethicist but not a medical doctor, Father Dan Keneally from Phoenix who's, I think, a companion or joining up with their crew down there awesome. in Phoenix. I haven't met him yet. Dan Keneally, and he's about 100 feet tall. Like He's me? taller than you. Really? 6'5"? I'm 6'5". Oh, you guys are close. But I have bad posture, so. Oh, whatever. That's your excuse for being smaller than Dan Keneally? Why <laughs> Father not? Father Dan. And uh, Father Steve Akers, Shakers from Cali. Yeah. He was here. He, he and Goble are good friends. He's Ben Akers' brother, right? Don't think so. Oh. Is Doc, he? Dr. Ben Akers? I don't think he's... No, 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 okay. no. I don't think there's no relation. Great. Are they? They just have the same last name. That doesn't always mean that you're related, <laughs> Oftentimes Sean. it does. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Sometimes. Father Ben... Not Father Ben. Dr. Ben Akers has a brother who's in the fraternity of St. Peter, 
Oh, really? It's not this okay. Father Steve Akers. It's a different. No, all right. So you're, you're not as dumb as I thought you were. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, what else can I say? I, w- I think that's about it. I want to introduce the topic. You know, on the t- on you know, the, it's always a good question about this banter. I used to hate banter. On the level of most people tell me stop the banter. People don't like the banter. Really? But then no, I shouldn't say that. I don't like people. There's like <laughs> three people who have really told me no more banter. The banter's terrible. But the majority of people they say I love the banter. You know, is that I do think all right, one people are less likely maybe to tell you that they like the banter. Because it's a kind of a secret, like, uh, we like you guys. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why people are shy to flatter or... I, I'm like that, too. Well, I would too. say, if you don't like the banter, just skip 10 minutes in and then you'll get to the topic. Yeah. You know, I have thought about... Um, I don't even know if we should be saying this, but <laughs> I have thought about on our on the website or whenever there's like a subtitle or something, you just write banter stops 8 minutes 43 seconds, right? Yeah. Like they do with those YouTube videos. Sometimes they break them up like that. Mm-hmm. However, just suck it up, buttercup. Put it on two times the speed. And uh, sometimes it's going to be better than others too. So I don't always love the banter. And I also think like we're getting used to each other. That's true. You know, you they're going from banter that was consistently guys who have walked through life for 10 years, 15 years. And then we're switching it up. So it's good. We're getting more jovial, more used to each other. I don't know. Anyway. Um, Anyways, <laughs> the what's, what's our topic for today? Uh, w- wait a minute. So, uh, oh, more banter. Okay. Yeah, banter. Um, well, this is more like a shout. No, I'm going to skip the shout out to the end. <laughs> All right. You're already given like the four topic, shout outs already. Dude, the topic, that's true. A lot of people. Um, this last episode that I did with Jacob uh-huh. was like kind of wandering and so the mother Teresa one yes i listened to it see the thing is though it had a subtitle of what is the topic anyway mm-hmm. so here's the thing i'm going to give you the topic right away because i don't know if people are you know worried about that upset about that whatever i can't find that bubble. or not every podcast is going to be a home run no, it's a home. That was a good podcast, <laughs> dude. That was a good podcast and a really good point. Like the church humbled itself after the Reformation to address a real problem. It's a really good point. And yeah, interesting. Now, it did wander around because Mother Teresa is, you know, whatever her. But I don't care. I'm not talking in retrospect. I don't try to do that. Great. But um, here's the here's the topic for today. It is the... Semantic variants of the Hebrew biblical term hen and explored by a number of feminine th- feminine characters uh, to determine its use as a theologumina. Okay, that's why I don't announce topics. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> it's boring and technical the way I think and I don't I found that actually really fascinating. It's interesting, but it's filled with dumb technical words. But what does ken mean? Ken. 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 It's like a rough H sound. Well ken, in Greek that means one, right? Ken, yeah, but the totally different. Oh, okay. For in for Hebrew. Ken. Yeah, we'll get there, okay, dude. All right. We'll get there. All right. Just slow down. Um but I was thinking, like, I don't think of when I started the show with Father John, mm-hmm. I think his mind tends more toward topic, the word topic. And I tend toward discussion. Okay, so if the, the description of the show is a lighthearted discussion of various Catholic topics, is that what it is? Lighthearted? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> That's, I, there's this description of the show somewhere. And, uh, but I don't really, I prefer just to have a discussion and not a presentation. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be a lecture. Agreed. I don't want it to be a presentation. I don't, I do like if we come to the show, like trying to teach the other guy something and I like learning things. So mm-hmm. if there's something new to learn, whatever, and I don't want to beat the same drum over and over. Right. So I do think like Catholic stuff is supposed to be exposure to a million ideas and, um, connecting trying to form the catholic imagination by 
throwing out a bunch of facts and figures and images and such. Okay, so I don't like the idea of, hey, what's the topic? Great. Post the topic, search for the topic. Mm -hmm. I like more, this is like a family conversation and... Welcome to the dinner table. Yeah. Well, it could just be podcast number 586. I think we're still in the 40s, but... What, 540s? Yeah, we're like or five, 40s. Well, now you're going to make me want to look. 40 episodes? Yeah, we're I like 546 or something. All right. Enough about us. Now, back to Hen. <laughs> Number 545. Um, here you go. 545. I. The queen just died. She did. The yes. queen of England. Yes. I should specify, because I'm Rest Swedish and we have our own royalty. But here's the thing. You live with Father Sam Moorhead, who thinks he's British. He's kind of British. He's going to Britain um, for a retreat tomorrow. Uh, am I allowed to say that? Anyway, you can't get a hold of him, so I think he'd be fine with that. He loves Great Britain. That's called an Anglophile. <laughs> and I actually was thinking about this for my Greek class today. I did play God Save the Queen, nice. the national anthem, because... Not so much because I'm a fan of the monarchy. I find it to be, well, actually we'll get into why I do like the idea of a queen. But um, I'm American, and we fought a revolution. Wait, you just said you're Swedish. Yeah, herit by heritage. Okay. I'm American. Me and too. more importantly, I have a queen because I'm Christian. <laughs> Christian. <laughs> and I got a king. And, and I got a king. Um, Sounds like see. a rap song. I, I was... Do you know the Fugees? I don't. Speaking of the queen, if I ruled the world, I'd heal all my sons. Black diamonds and pearls, if I ruled the world. That's Fugees. I don't know that one. Okay. Look I'm more it, of a Kanye West fan. Look it up. You're young. Like Jesus is king? Kanye well, West? But yeah, he does Jesus is king. He also says, uh, you are now watching the throne. Don't let me get in my zone. You know, he, he's saying Jay-Z. He and Jay-Z are the kings. All right. Where did we go? We're, dude, we're tangenting. <laughs> the queen died. And, um, oh, yeah, no, I played it for my Greek students because um, I just want to finish this tangent. Uh, <laughs> because I'm grateful to Shakespeare and others for the language that I speak. I'm a linguist. And here we are, you know, he even Hinani, Hinanu for here we are, Hinani, here I am. Okay, so we're back to Hen. No, let's go back to the queen. Queen died. Uh, how does it make you feel? Do you uh, care? Are you hurt? Did you cry? I did said, you feel concerned for the world? I hate to say this, but no, I did not. I said one Hail Mary and then I moved on. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, is that bad? It, no, it is what it is, dude. I you don't you're not living in England. You don't drink tea, whatever, and <laughs> you don't have a corgi. Um, no, I don't. I mean, no disrespect for you know. Uh, rest in peace. I I'm interested in it in particular because I was thinking about um, what is it that the queen represents that's going to be really missed? Because I think I felt something of a weight hearing of her death. And people die every day. You know, she was older. I think it was, you know, a relatively good death, certainly a, a good life. And there's all kinds of celebrities and people who are fancy that die all the time. And I don't think it's, she is the subject and the royal family is a subject of gossip and intrigue. People love looking at tabloids about their life. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's why it interests me. I think the question for me, one is, how many female rulers do we have in the world? I think it's very few. You know, can you think of any others? There's Angela Merkel was a big deal because she was head of the what UN or the EU. That was the EU, and then she's the Bundeskanzler, the Prime Minister of Germany. Right. But it's kind of a rotating spot. It's kind of a changing yeah, that's post. A good question. The prime minister in England is now is female or the sec for the second it's time. It's a new one, right? Because Boris Johnson. But retired. I don't. I would still not say that that's the same thing. I think you had. Why well, aren't they talking about the new queen is actually going to be a king? <laughs> yeah. Well, 
there's a king is going to replace the queen right elizabeth yeah i don't think he's going to be the new queen <laughs> right okay touche <laughs> but my point is it can the monarchy in that sense can change even though it's it's not really a monarchy per se because of parliament and yeah and it's just a figurehead i but i think there's a that's part of the change in my mind is that you've gone from feminine to masculine and i think i care less and I'm interested. So and in one point of interest, I think, it, what would the world be like if we had feminine leaders mm. or we had women as leaders? I, I wonder if it would be a different world. Certainly, if everyone was like this Queen Elizabeth, she's a very fascinating character. She's stoic. She's elegant. She's open. Mm-hmm. I would say people say she's funny. I don't know about funny, <laughs> but open to being in, you know, jumping off a, a helicopter for the opening. What was that called? Opening ceremony. Did you see that one? Yeah. Was that for uh, the Olympics, right? Yeah. The Olympics That's in right. London. I, one thing I found interesting. One of the articles I read is she lived through five papacies. Wow. Which is crazy. And so she, when she was queen, she met with five different popes. Wow. Yeah. It was, a. I mean, just a, a wild, long reign and life i think it was 70 years was it 70 years of a reign mm. okay so i i just think that she represents something of um, nobility for everyone i think part of the value of having this monarch in a society is that everybody feels elevated everybody feels like our society is more polite more gentilic mm-hmm. is that a world a word uh, like gentle g- gentle but mannered that's it oh sure there's like manners etiquette. etiquette yep yeah and i don't think that's simply because Brit- british society values that i i do but i think that's in part because th- there's a model mm-hmm. of behavior that is you know well-mannered which is why corgi sales went through the roof oh really <laughs> yeah <laughs> are they polite dogs mine was not cornbread cornbread felicity yeah um so she's, I think, something of that has that spirit mm-hmm. you know, there's, of this sort of feminine gentility that is really beautiful and moving to a lot of people. So I think feeling the loss of this character is both feeling the loss of an interesting woman who was a good woman and a good Christian. I want, you know, I want to praise that. She really did speak out about her faith and she the the importance of jesus for her country and that's that's not something to take for granted anymore right even in the western worlds that world where countries might be considered christian right right so um but even more than her, her personality there was something of the office and not just the office of royalty but an office of a queen mm. you know that somehow dignifies the society there was a name that they called they what are the what are the titles they call her try to think of some titles for a queen uh your grace your grace good what else that's what they called bishops as well in uh england uh your i don't know (laughs) you're asking the wrong guy i think well there's only two that i could think of highness your highness yeah your highness but i like your grace more and um that because it's so carefully well it's so connected to the the etiquette christian religion the etiquette and the in particular mary Mm. this full of grace and if you think of it this sort of manners and etiquette we also call gracefulness Mm. right can you think, do you know anybody who's graceful? Do you call graceful? You would not call me graceful. Why not? <laughs> because I'm crass. I'm clumsy. I'm uh, obnoxious. Yeah. Sorry. I, I don't know. Yeah I mean, I, uh, yeah. Do you consider yourself graceful? Well, immediately when you said that, what is the name? Well, Sean is Gaelic for John. Right. And what does the name John mean? It means God is gracious. Oh, really? Uh, so I always think that I hopefully uh, bring God's graciousness in the world somehow, since that's my namesake. Do I? Is that the same thing as graceful? 
I think it's slightly different. Do you bring graciousness? Um, yeah, I'm trying to understand what that word would mean. Gratitude, generosity, I think is the mm-hmm. grace, graciousness. Well, how would that differ from grace, gracefulness? Yeah. Then? Well, that's where we got to go. Gracefulness. That's the question of hen. And it's, but it's different. You know, graciousness is yeah, often giving gifts, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's related, but not exactly. Usually when people say graceful, I think of someone who's like, well, to think about sports, like if someone's out there like, well, you love tennis, so I'll use tennis as an example. If someone's graceful on the tennis court, I just think like they move well, like they're not clumsy, as you were mentioning. They they kind of float along the tennis court and they're smooth with their hitting. Um, it's not choppy. It's, yeah, smooth, graceful. I, I don't yeah. know. Ballet, Ballet. Uh, ice skating. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you can just tell with someone's gait or their... But I also think that a sort of sweetness in speech, mm. you know, if you're cussing all the time and you're rude, that's not graceful, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't, I mean, that just in my mind, that's part of the connotation. Mm. Um, I don't know what else is graceful. I'd have to think about, yeah, how exactly to define that. But yeah. graciousness, that's a, it's an important feature. Okay, so what did I say the topic was? Semantic variants of the Hebrew word chen, chen and the theologomenu. As a theologomenu explored by various feminine characters. Uh, okay, so graciousness, what we're doing, gra- talking about graciousness and exploring gracefulness. what it could mean, mm-hmm. and gracefulness, it's developing a semantic field for the word grace. Mm-hmm. How is grace used differently in different words and different concepts in different contexts, you know? Um, Like if you say sanctifying grace, are you talking about graciousness? Are you talking about gracefulness? Are you talking about, I don't know, some conformity to Christ? Mm. Right? (laughs) So grace can be used in a lot of different ways. That's true of the word hen. Hen means grace. In the Hebrew. In the Hebrew. Gotcha. Yeah. So if you think of if you think of Mary, well, Mary takes her song, the Magnificat, in some way of like fan fiction or like what would you call it? Remixing? Remixing uh The Song of Hannah. The Song of Hannah. Uh-huh. Who is using the word grace to describe God and is described as a woman of grace herself. And there's something of a gracefulness that you see, but also a gratitude, which is you know, graciousness, mm-hmm. right? Um, so uh, graciousness, or at least gratitude, is the reception of gift. And graciousness can be giving of a gift, mm-hmm. right? It's a sort of generosity. It's, you know, it's like I'll give you something and you don't owe me anything, or I'll give you something even though you didn't ask. You just are, I guess, thoughtful can be another one, but gracious. Yeah, what do you think that looks like, graciousness, for you? Because hmm. you're gracious. I hope I am. Or you try to be, or whatever. God is yeah. gracious. Yeah. Uh, right? That's what John means. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's similar to gracefulness. Like, when I think, um, is that person gracious? I think they say thank you. They say they're, they're good. They're well-mannered. So I think of someone who has good table etiquette, good manners, good table manners, and then good etiquette and how they hold themselves. So they say, please, they say, thank you. Uh, they're kind, they're generous to your point. Like they're, they're willing to give a gift. Uh, they're willing to serve. They're willing to help, uh, when there's a need They're they're gracious. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like this is really hard to come up with definitions on the yeah, spot. Yeah, No, I mean, I understand it is. It is. It's really a tough. Um, I find it difficult too. I'm not a on the spot. Gobel was the, our only on the spot guy, but he was, he's very good on the spot. We're kind of um, in training. God is gracious is very true, and if you look at the um, the name of God in Exodus, mm-hmm. you get two different names of God. Here's your quiz show. What are they? Well, no, you get three. Hashem, the Yahweh. Okay. So I am who I am. Yeah. 
I am who I am. Good. And then I, I already said one, but... Ego sum, qui sum. That's Latin. Oh, okay. Same, same. And then... You and, t- and I am who I am is kind of like, don't ask. I don't have a name. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Okay, what, what else? Like, what else does God call himself? Yeah. Or what's yeah, the yeah, other yeah. one? Well, there's two others. So, one is also... Most, so, Moses asks in Exodus 3, what's your name? So, I can tell the people who's rescued them from... Mm-hmm. from and God in the burning bush says, say, I am sent you and then he says i am who am yeah but first he says i am the god who who are you i am the god of your fathers abraham isaac and jacob which is kind of like don't ask i don't have a name Mm -hmm. and then moses presses him yeah but that's not a name what's your name he says i am who i am and then in exodus 34 he goes up the mountain moses says um i want to see you god says okay i'm going to show you my back but um, I'm going to hide, and then I'm going to tell you my name. And when he does, he says, The Lord, the Lord, wait. Yeah, the Lord, the Lord, Rahum Vahanun, um, gracious and merciful. Mm. And then what does he say? Like full of compassion for many generations and all that stuff. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And that's the second time he goes up the mountain, right? Yep. Because Exodus 32, which we just had this Sunday, is the, the golden calf. Yep. Okay. He goes up, he gets the tablets, comes down, throws them on the ground, and then goes back up and has this 40 days on the mountain and the revelations and stuff. Mm. And then God shows him yeah, his only glory. He shows him his glory. Yeah. But he tells him the name here. I am Hanun. And that's the nominal, like the name form for Hen. Mm-hmm. If Hen is grace, Hanun is the graceful one. Mm. And... Uh, and it's beautiful to think of God as a um, graceful one. Um, in this case, yeah, charis is going to be both the grace. Har- charis is Greek for grace. Charis. Just, oh, yeah. to, just yeah. to tell the listeners out there. Oh, sorry. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. Uh, I'm in kind of like technical head mode. Yeah. That's okay. I'll bring you back down to earth. Thank you. Thank you. I'm up on the mountain. Up in the clouds. In the clouds. So... God is graceful, like generous, um, or no, gracious. What did we say? Gracious is generous. Mm-hmm. God is m- merciful. Okay, that's and that's kind of the next piece. Oitirmon, though, oitirmon is um, merciful. In- and so in the Greek translation of hen, uh-huh. you have oitirmon, Oiktirmon means merciful. Mm-hmm. Then when Jesus comes talking in Luke, he says, Be oiktirmon, just as your father in heaven is oiktirmon. Mm. Be merciful. Be hanun, you know, be like this one, full of grace, yeah. just as your father is oiktirmon. Um, unlike Matthew's gospel, who uses the same phrase, be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. This one, Luke, is be merciful, oiktirmon. Um, hanun, hen. And so you see this sort of the perfection of the human being is to be like God mm-hmm. and it's to be like gracious and to be graceful. Mm. And you have both, both cases, this word hen and that term hanun is used in, in both ways. Sometimes it's used with respect to beauty. Like in the Proverbs, it talks about beauty is this, this thing that is a, a valuable grace, a precious grace and so you have both a lightness and a, I don't know, what is that? Beautiful, smooth, smooth. Um, <laughs> that is graceful. No, that's not Queen Elizabeth. I'm trying to use Queen Elizabeth. Here's another analogy for that graceful. Because gracious, I, I feel like with this masculine um, kind of features of God, yeah. I wouldn't say that God's not masculine. We. Jesus said, call God your father. And, but there are, there are these feminine characteristics, and maybe fe- graceful doesn't just belong to, to, to women, certainly not for Christians because we want it. But there's something of graciousness that I feel is less um, associated with the feminine, at least for now and for us, than graceful. But things like the comparison of the word to beauty 
and a kind of elegance mm-hmm. are, that are used in Proverbs and in the Psalms. And also of someone's, yeah, and also of someone's speech. I, here's another analogy that I'd like to use. And it's that at the wedding you did, mm-hmm. they're going to switch the music after, at the end of the procession. Why? In the opening. Yeah. Because everyone stands when the bride walks in. Why? Because she's beautiful. She's and graceful, yeah. And she's veiled, and it's the first time you see her. It's it's the first time the husband, or I guess the groom, sees her. They don't see each other on the wedding day, right? It's the first look. It's um, no one stands in the church, right? And even typically on Sunday, or every mass, everyone when the priest starts processing in, everyone stands. But at a wedding, everyone processes in, and then everyone stands once the bride comes. Music shifts. And it's it's a ramping up, yeah. Because she's beautiful, and she here she comes. Cause she's, she's here comes the bride. Here comes the bride. Yeah. yeah. It, please stand. I say, please stand. Let us please stand and welcome the bride. That's what you say. I just say, please stand. Da 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 da. That is interesting. I've and then she comes that. walking in, and everyone gasps because here is Gaspin has a tear in their eyes. Yeah, and somehow she's she represents more than she is. Mm which is not only this beautiful woman in the height of her beauty and radiant with the love of the moment and doing something profound, um, but she somehow represents grace in the world. She somehow represents the best of us. Mm-hmm. She somehow represents, yeah, beauty as such and grace. Like there is grace in the air. We could all be this dignified, mm-hmm. you know, dignity. The reason that we're all dressed up because this is a solemn, dignified occasion. Yeah. Um, and then something, yeah. I would say this, it, it helps to, to build our picture of what gracefulness is. So you're using these analogies. Sorry, I'm kind of lost here. You're using these analogies of the queen of the name John, God is gracious, or of this marriage of, of everyone standing and seeing to make this analogy to how God is. Yeah, God is gracious. And so you're trying to get to the point of what does it mean for God to be gracious? What does it mean for God to be graceful? And how does this, how does this impact our relationship with him? Um, specifically in the Old Testament, but I shouldn't say specifically in the Old Testament. How does this affect our relationship with him today with regards to how he revealed himself in the Old Testament? Right. The revelation and so there's, there's kind of who God is how God is manifest in the world. And so these characters, these biblical characters, prophetic characters, Mary, the, and so we're trying to understand what is grace. And you see, I'm a, as a linguist, I, an etymologist, I like to understand words by phenomenology. Mm. That's where you say as much as you can about something to understand what it is. Or you can follow some nerdy robot head (laughs) who wrote something in a Webster's Dictionary, which seems absolute, but was actually just written by a nerd who observes what he can, what she can, and then tries to give a definition. I bet there's a listener out there who did write that in the definition. The the Webster? In the Webster. Dude, if Webster's out there, please get in touch with me because I would love to meet Webster. Uh, (laughs) I think Webster's a little older. Old as the queen. Um, Yeah, but they have to get new words in there from time to time. Yes, yes. Um, it's true. Yeah, they got to stuff new words in. There are like contemporary colloquial dictionaries, and I think Webster does update. They do. Um, well, and we'll have them update this word grace you know, with images. So <laughs> here's one. And then I want to say, so not only is this God, God revealed in the scriptures. It's really, you start with the scriptures and the world around you. Um well, no, God reveals himself with these words. And then we try to understand the words by observing everything that has been become like that. Hmm. And then, or was already like that and we didn't know it. And now we're seeing and understanding the word. The word became flesh, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we're trying to understand that. And then by grace, by the grace of God, by salvation, by the resurrection, by new life in him, we are saved and by grace that we come to be more like God. 
Okay, so when we're talking about grace, what does it mean that we become full of grace? And that the life of a Christian is a life walking in sanctifying grace. Mm. I think it helps to talk about what is grace, not just in terms of a technical definition of a free... Free gift, freely given by God. Yeah, of something of himself or divine life or some help. But also just like what does it look like in people and... It looks like what the saints have, mm-hmm. a graciousness and a gracefulness, and it somehow is the image of God. And so I don't want people to get hung up on the what the word feminine or something like that, but I think there are s- certain characteristics that are revealed in the genders that are not absent in anybody, mm. but maybe are particular because that's how God made us, and it's beautiful that way. Mm. Okay, I'm going to end on this. So part of it is when Mary says, or I'm going to, two points. One is Mary says, or the angel says to her, hail full of grace, the Lord is with you. You know, hail full of grace. Kekharitomene. Kyre, kekharitomene. Yeah. And it would have been in Aramaic, likely. I don't speak Aramaic. They would have used the word hen. Oh. Yeah. Fascinating. Full of hen. And then she says afterwards, she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul reflects who God is. Mm -hmm. And I think they're related, actually. I think when she's talking about how her soul is like what God is, she's responding to the angel who just told her, you are full of grace. And she says, only because God is God Mm -hmm. and because I am with God and because I love God. And And God is grace. Yeah. And God is Hanun, you know? Um, Yeah. So graceful, gracious, all that stuff. Okay. And then you have this beautiful wedding psalm. So we're coming to the end of the summer and we've done a lot of weddings and we've talked about how brides are graceful and unique and we kind of ignore the grooms because <laughs> they're dudes and they're scruffy and we um, there's something of a height of humanity and the gracefulness. Mm. Um, there's this beautiful Psalm 45 that is a wedding hymn and it gives us both a picture of Jesus the King and Mary the Queen. And the church uses it for those Marian fest, uh, feasts and memorials and celebrates it as Jesus being described as full of grace. It starts with the, um, the bride speaking of the king. Mm. Let me talk about, or it could be the bard like the psalmist, but... It's more like the queen. And then there's a response um, to the queen, almost like the Song of Songs. Mm. Okay. My heart overflows with a goodly theme. I address my verses to the king. My tongue is like the pen of a ready scribe. You are the fairest of the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. That's hen. Um, Your mouth is full of hen. (laughs) Grace is poured upon your lips. Mm. It's like it comes out like a fragrance. The grace does. Because you you speak it. Yeah, you speak it and it communicates it, but also you speak gracefully, right? Um, And that's described to the king, right? Gird your sword upon your thigh, O mighty one, in your glory and majesty. In your majesty, ride forth victoriously for the cause of truth and to defend the right. Let your right hand teach you dread deeds. Your arrows are sharp. In the heart of the king's enemies, the people fall under you. Your divine throne endures forever and ever. Your royal scepter is a scepter of equity. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. Your robes are all fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. From ivory palaces, stringed instruments make you glad. Daughters of kings are among your ladies of honor. At your right hand stands the queen in gold of Ophir. Hear, O daughter, consider and incline your ear. Forget your people and your father's house, and the king will desire your beauty. Since he is your Lord, bow to him. The people of Tyre will court your favor with gifts, the richest of the people with all kinds of wealth. The daughter of the king is decked in her chamber with gold-woven robes. In many colored robes she is led to the king, with her virgin companions, her escort, and her train. With joy and gladness they are led along as they enter the palace of the king. Instead of your fathers shall be your sons, you will make them princes in all the earth. I will cause your name to be celebrated in all generations. Therefore, the peoples will praise you forever and ever. 
Amen. So here's a here's a final image for the Christian life. On this side, we're in a wedding procession. You know, this is what the psalmist says: gathers together the princesses and the princes and says, "Let us go into the palace and let us bring the king and the queen to the palace and celebrate their um, amazingness." The king has just won this great victory. That is, the Jesus has won. I mean, these are all typological, right? Mm-hmm. So Jesus has conquered sin and death and has won the victory for us. We're returning to heaven, you know, the palace, or this is what we do in liturgy, right? Mm-hmm. And then the you, wedding feast. The wedding feast is the culmination. Uh, it's heaven. It's the liturgy, and then you have uh, Mary, who somehow reflects the glory of the king and stands stands by the king and is has left home in order to go follow him in a very unique way so she's the one who's given up everything and um and follows the king or is united to the king somehow there's all your images for grace and our lady and the queen and king and what we have become is royalty and that's part of why we love grace Mm. because it reminds us that we are royalty as baptized priest prophet and king yeah that's beautiful so one question then. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time, this is kind of opening a can of worms, so we can say this for a different topic if you want. But hey. one time, one time I said something I shouldn't have said around a seminarian when I was in seminary, and uh, it was a cuss word. Um, don't be scandalous. How dare you? Don't be scandalous. How very dare you? And the person turned and looked at me and maybe a little bit overly pious, but I think it's actually a really good question. We aspire to be like God. We aspire to be like Mary. Would that word have ever been spoken by the blessed Virgin Mary? Because she's graceful. And so hmm. words, words matter. So that's what the guy responded to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cause he was appalled and offended that I said what I said, uh, which I should not have said what I said. Um, but, but that question of like words matter, words have meaning uh, men are rough, as you just kind of said, you know, like we at a wedding, like it, it really is all about the, not all about, but a lot of it is about the bride. And there's multiple times in the liturgy where you actually speak her name and then you just say, and may her husband, you don't even speak his yeah. name. Uh, like in the nuptial blessing, for instance, men are rough. Uh, we have that. There's like a certain, um, what is it called? Uh, locker room talk that we can have at times. And I'm not saying, go and imitate this, but what are your thoughts on that, Father Mike, of like, okay, should we aspire to have that gracefulness of speech? Is it okay to have, like, you go on the basketball court with a bunch of dudes, and sometimes you say things that might not be appropriate for the mass, (laughs) a homily or something? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I I feel convicted about this, because you know me. And I had Dorothy, the sweetest old sacristan in the world right. who told me once father mike you've got a barnyard mouth and it stinks you gotta clean up that yard <laughs> i love that <laughs> ah, thank you dorothy it's true i think um i if you're too dainty you might not be respected as a man and mm. you want to you want to be a leader of men as a priest and a father um but do you have to be a ruffian do you have to be a a brute? Do you mm-hmm. have to a Viking? Yeah, Father. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> Don't use that example. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, I yeah. Okay, so Father Sam that I work with, mm-hmm. I think he's a very he's a gentleman. Yes. Right, and I think that reflects grace, but in a, a masculine way, right? And I think the saints. When I imagine the saints, they're not all ruffians. They're not all crass. You know, um, and I try to guard the, the seminarians from that. I try not to say dumb stuff that's, you know, crass, but sometimes it slips. And uh, I don't, they, there was a recent movie, Father Stu, and then I'm hearing the same thing about this Padre Pio thing, is that at one point he cusses, and at least in a trailer or some unreleased thing, and it was a real turnoff to a lot of people. Uh, not because they're squeamish or prudes, but it just didn't fit. Mm. It just didn't fit his character and the way he seems to be so gentle. And there's so many reports of him being gentle. 
And I know that he was strong and he barked at people sometimes. Yep. And this depiction is supposed to be, he knows that this thing is a demon and disguising itself as some penitent. And But even so, it's like, that's not the only way. You don't have to be aggressive in order to be strong. So, yeah, I think, yes, the saints are graceful. That's an effective of sanctifying grace. Mm. So there's a dignity to it, but I don't even think it's forced. I think it's part of conversion. So you get a John Paul II who's a gentleman and Pope Francis who's a gentleman and Pope Benedict, and they're trying to be examples, but they're just like that. That's just maturity and a good example. And I think you learn, you see the thing where you learn the difference between being manly and being kind of crass and base. Yeah. I and then you can glory in your shame and I kind of do that sometimes. Mm. I accuse myself of doing that. Sure. Like pr- proud of being that priest who's shocking or has mm. shocking humor, or says things that are Yeah, I, I think you're right. There's a balance that we have to strike cuz uh we need to come across as authentically masculine and not to say like this is what makes you masculine, but if you're just talking about roses and flowers all the time, people, you're not going to be a man. You're not going to be a father. Like people want to be attracted to, uh, to like a certain strength in masculinity, but I don't know. Maybe this is a time for another topic. No, I like it. And I think it's, it's definitely very relevant. We could talk about it later too, or some other time too, but, um, I do think it's relevant and there's a big question there of, like what is masculinity and what's healthy, what's Christian masculinity. Mm-hmm. There are things that are far worse than cussing, far worse. Right. Right? You should be in the confessional for, you should be begging for grace to change. If you're a liar, if you're a jerk, if you're arrogant, right, they go against the no will. one can trust you. Um, those are all way worse than having a potty mouth. Right, that's very true. <laughs> but st- still the same is, you know, vice and sin are all ugly, so... We don't want to do that. And um, I don't know. Yeah, it's just ugly. Sometimes it's very off-putting to people or mm. uh, shocking in the wrong way. It can be scandalous because they think of someone as holy and holy being different somehow. Sure. Like, like Set apart. Set apart in a good way. And sometimes that's reflected by this. I don't think it's just social convention because we come from a history where the queen is very polite. Mm. I think it's actually built into us that... That's not dignified, and human beings deserve dignity and mm. whatever. So the patron saint of etiquette is St. Francis de Sales. Is that right? So we can pray to him to help us with manners, to help us with etiquette, to help us be graceful. Yeah, graceful. And to, to God, just watch Jesus. Watch Jesus pray for that grace. You know, it's, it's a work of the Holy Spirit. And, yeah, a gift, a gift from God. So... I don't think we have to be afraid as men of becoming graceful in order. I think it's maybe something like accessible. It's the kind of thing where people want to come and talk to you because you're kind or you're gentle or they don't feel threatened. And oftentimes people are intimidated by priests. Mm-hmm. I, had the, I had the greatest compliment where yesterday this mother called and said, can you talk to my daughter? She's distraught mm-hmm. because of this circumstance. And, um, and I was kind of like in a panic cause I'm like, well, what am I going to say? I'm just a brute or whatever. And then when I called her, I realized I'm a real gentle guy and I care about people. And I was able to talk to this teenager in her trouble and be very fatherly and everything. And so I consider that a work of grace mm-hmm. and I hope that all dudes, especially fathers and, um, yeah, the saints would be gentlemen mm. you know i'm not always but i confess yeah we're working on it sean you Good are you, mike god is gracious my man what does michael mean one who's like god nope it's a question who is like god who is like god i'll tell you the story sometime okay here's my shout out is to bethany doyle stop my, playing with your mic stand my You're causing feedback hey this is just fidget dude sometimes i gotta fidget um Bethany Doyle is my fact checker, and she checked me. The 95 Theses on the door of the Wittenberg Cathedral was not in 1509. 1511? 
It was 1516. 1516. Or 1517. Oh, Bethany, don't write me again. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's more like 1516 or 17. And uh, anyway, she's nice, and um, I appreciate you, Bethany. Thanks for the shout. I figure it was really just a, hey, what's up, thinking of you. So that was nice. Awesome. Oh, and then Kevin that I met at the cathedral. Okay, you can only give from one DC, shout out. And then this couple... No, especially this couple that I, I met at the cathedral. They introduced themselves as fans, and they were from out of town. But I was on the move because I had to find out the rules of baptism in our cathedral before this lady left because she wanted to get her kids baptized. And so I kind of just talked to them real quick, and I wish that I would have gotten their names, and I wish I would have gotten where they're from and had a little conversation with them. So this is a, requ- a shout-out request. Whoever you are, couple... <laughs> You email me and tell me that stuff. What are your names? Where are you from? And what's up? Do you want to announce your email? Or? Email the show and <laughs> it'll get show. to me. CatholicStuffPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, well, if you're going to give like six shout outs, I'm at least going to give two. Come on, dude. Uh, one to a guy named Jeremy. I don't remember your last name. I met you a few weeks ago. You're a pilot uh, who is just in town passing through the area. Uh, I believe you called me recently. And uh, I'm really bad with my office phone, so forgive me for not calling you back. But um, yeah, thanks for your support. And then uh, a more personal shout out to Chad and Amy Thomas, uh, great friends, and their daughter, uh, Cecilia, Cecilia Jane. She's my goddaughter. So shout out to the three oh, of them. Oh, yeah, Cecilia, the singer. Chi Chi. Well, Amy's the singer. Cecilia's going to grow up to be a good singer, yeah. too. Yeah. So shout out to them. Good friends. Thank you for your support the podcast as well okay blessings all you should say some prayers for the queen you know we all need prayers when we go and uh that would be a kindness that we can extend as a church all right god bless you everybody we are at catholic stuff podcast at gmail.com you check it out on facebook um you have to hit the subscribe button i don't know if we have a youtube channel <laughs> we do not have a YouTube ah channel. subscribe on the <laughs> itunes and <laughs> instagram spotify and comment. We haven't had a lot of comments. I don't. I don't actually. Think comments, <laughs> <laughs> that girl Katie was telling me that. I think. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Blessings, everybody. God bless stay, you. Stay. Stay graceful. Amen.